On today's episode of Relative Currency... I know uh, my brother and myself, as Christians, we tithe. Um, and so those tithes uh, will be tax deductible. And so that actually, again, is not only something that you're doing that's affecting one area of your life, but it's also complemented by giving you a benefit in the tax arena. Brother, sister, and cousin, we've been relatives for a while. We're chatting about financial things. We're doing it family style. Cryptocurrency, stocks, and loans. Financial literacy. It'll be that and so much more on Relative Currency. Currency, fine-tuning financial literacy for the middle class. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Relative Currency. I'm Frank here with Alicia. Uh, we're so excited to join us today. Uh, again, this is the second part of um, an exciting uh, kind of two-part series we're doing, uh, which is reducing your tax burden so that you can pay less in, in taxes and get more money on your refund uh, when tax season comes around. So uh, you know, in part one, we talked about kind of getting the most uh, from, from your employer with different benefits. So go back and listen to that. It's on iTunes, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Spotify, all the major podcast platforms. Uh, if you haven't already, uh, give us five stars rating. Uh, give us, leave us a review. Uh, we definitely appreciate that. So uh, we're not going to belabor the point because it's, it's, it's a lot to get into. So we're going to jump right in. Uh, Alicia, you know, we're kind of you know, we we cut like I said, we covered everything employer basis is more um, outside of that. So uh, go ahead and, and let our listeners know how they can, um, you know, benefit from some of the different tips you have. All right. So there's a lot of opportunity with our um, with and this can kind of work uh, in two ways. You can feel like you're contributing to uh, an improvement in our environment, working to fight against climate change and at the same time reducing your tax liability. So I know everybody's heard of Tesla, which you know kind of started this off, but there are uh, electric vehicle rebates that are available. I don't know what the situation is with Teslas anymore, but there are many, many electric vehicles coming on the market. So definitely as you look into the possibility of your next vehicle, I would look at the option for an electric vehicle and then also investigate what rebates are available with the purchases of the different types of electric vehicles, because they can be in the thousands of dollars. They can be quite substantial. Um, another way to contribute to the well-being of our planet, as well as save yourself some money, is to look at solar. So doing uh, different improvements to your home, using solar panels finding a way to, to utilize uh, solar energy in different ways, like those um, windmills and turbines that you see, any of these type of things that you can do at your home or on your property can also lead to a reduction in your um, tax, tax uh, liability. Um, the other thing is if you are looking at, you know, towards the end of the life of your washer, dryer, or another type of main, uh, of main household appliance, you can uh, get an Energy Star rated appliance 
and you will be eligible for a certain level of deduction for investing in an appliance that is uh, mindful of conserving energy usage and reducing wastage. Um, there are also additionally other government initiatives. So definitely if you're uh, in a situation where you're looking at a major purchase or some other type of um, major event, there may actually be an opportunity for a tax deduction associated with that. So be mindful of that, that these opportunities are out there to decrease your tax burden. And it may not be top of mind, but when you get into the situation where you need to replace your vehicle, replace an appliance, make upgrades to your home, et cetera, this could be also a way that you could save some money and feel even better about the investment that you're making, not just into your home or into your transportation, but also into our life together on this planet. Um, and then I wanted to move into uh, looking at making contributions to organizations that are designated as 501c3. Uh, when you donate or give to these institutions, that contribution is tax deductible. So for example, um, I know uh, my brother and myself as Christians, we tithe. Um, and so those ties uh, will be tax deductible. And so that actually, again, is not only something that you're doing that's affecting one area of your life, but it's also complemented by giving you a benefit in the tax arena. Um, and then there's other charitable organizations which can range from uh, potentially uh, food banks, uh, organizations like that, organizations, for example, this is near and dear to my heart, organizations for people with special needs, uh, like donating to the Special Olympics, um, making donations, for example, to the Ronald McDonald House. There's any number of charitable organizations across a wide number of causes, uh, environmental defense fund, uh, for example. There's just so many opportunities to contribute to something that you think is important, and you can also concomitantly reduce your tax liability along with it. And that's really, really good. I think that. Man, I mean, there's a lot there. So I said, go back and listen to that. One other thing I would add is to the EV rebates, make sure you check the both state and federal because depending on where you live, there's different benefits. There's generally a federal uh, credit. And then there's also, depending on what state you live in, there can be, if you get a charger in your house and things like that, there might be additional rebates. So just do all the searching that you can to make sure you, when you're doing these different uh, energy uh, efficient you know, cars, solar panels, appliances, make sure you're getting everything uh, that you that you can um, to, to, you know, reduce your tax burden. The other thing that you can do is, um, you know, Alicia was already getting into it, talking about donating. You can actually donate, she was more talking about donating money, but this is more donating physical stuff. You can donate, you know, clothes, you know, old clothes. You know, a lot of times people just drop stuff off or maybe don't keep receipts of like, hey, what's the fair market value of what I donated? So if you give away a bunch of shirts, a bunch of pants or whatever, you can actually, there's a dollar value you can deduct for that. Now don't go crazy, right? Like um, your best jeans, you know, there, there, there's guidelines. Like they, might, they might be, you know, true religion jeans, but that doesn't mean you can, you know, deduct, 
you know, $200 for them, you know, they're worn and they, you know, there's a certain amount that you can get. And it's not based on brands, it's just based on, you know, some kind of, you have to get the criteria and find it, but it's, you know, fair market value for, you know, men, women's, children's clothes. And you can document that, take pictures, make sure you have that for your records. Um, generally, if it's not over $500, you don't have to really worry about it. But if you're giving away a lot, I would definitely say do a lot of documentation. Like if you're saying, oh, I'm going to give away $10 worth of clothes, you need to have $10 worth of pictures because they're going to come looking for that type of thing. Versus if it's just a couple hundred dollars, I'm not saying you don't want to take pictures, but there, there's, I mean, we haven't really, we don't have time to get into this, but the IRS is also, they're, 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 they play the numbers game too. They're not looking at the people that took, you know, a couple hundred dollars off their deduction, looking for people that are trying to like, hey, you took off a whole, you jumped a whole tax bracket down with that deduction. What, what exactly did you do? So just be mindful of that if you're going to um, donate clothes and, and things like that and other, not just clothes, but other like appliances and items. Make sure you get the understand the fair market value, like vacuum cleaner or furniture or something. Make sure you're taking pictures and knowing what that exercise equipment, all those different things can be donated. Um, make sure you uh, get the fair market value. And if you have questions, you know, talk to your accountant, accountant, um, I can't talk accountant, <laughs> and um, they should be able to steer you straight. Also, you can donate your car, right? Like donate the car, don't probably don't donate the car you're driving, but um, you can donate if you have a car that's collecting dust, you're only using it, you know, you have a third car, but you're not really using it, go ahead and donate that. Um, you can, uh, you know, get, get fair market value for that as well. Um, generally, they'll give you a, a, a form for that. If you donate to an organization, they'll give you an actual form. And you can't sell your car. If you sell your car, it's just selling it. Right? You know, even if you sell it for a small amount, that's still something that um, if you, I mean, I guess you sell it for like a dollar, you don't have to report it, but you're not going to be able to deduct that dollar, for example. Like if you sell it for like a dollar, then you just sold it for a dollar, you just did a good deed, but you can't deduct that dollar if you're actually selling it. So that's just something to keep in mind. Uh, the other thing that is similar to, I guess donations is uh, investment losses and, and also some forms of gambling losses. So losses are limited to a certain amount, maybe even like $3,000 or $4,000 or something. There's some limit to losses, investment losses, but they can carry over even if there's a lot. Even if you have a lot, they can carry over per year. But your donations can be up to 30% of your adjusted gross income. So if you donate a lot, um, then you can take a lot of your, um, you know, take off your income. But investment losses or some forms of gambling losses, right? You have to make sure they're qualified. I don't know that all the DraftKings stuff, I don't know how that works out, but I know that certain things we play like poker and things like that, you can definitely uh, get those forms and fill those things out. Um, but again, there's laws. All this stuff is pretty much, um, you can find out through your accountant or through um, you know other, other sources, reputable sources. So definitely do that. Don't file anything. Don't make a phony return because it will come back and bite you. So the other thing to consider is, I know we talked about losses, but consider how you also are playing your gains as well. Um, you can't always, you, sometimes you don't always lose when you invest. Uh, one thing to consider is if you keep your investments longer than a year, you're going to pay less tax. For example, you might pay 20% tax on something. So for example, if you have something, you make $10,000 and you held it for a year's time, you're going to pay 20% of that tax, which is only a couple thousand dollars versus if you make $10,000 say in a month and sell it, you have up to a 40% tax, you're gonna pay $4,000 in tax. So there's gonna be a much higher tax burden. So those are things to consider um, when, you're, when you're selling your investments as well. I know we talk about losses, but when you consider your gains, 
to minimize your tax burden. You also have to look at when you're selling your investments. That's why when you hear about wealthy people paying less taxes is because their investments are long-term and they're saying, hey, guess what? I made a million dollars, but you know, because of other losses and things like that, I'm only paying this much in taxes minus, you know, the 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 lesser tax gain being long term. Those are all things to consider. So though those are also ways to play it. Uh, the other thing to also look at is if you're in a um, situation where you had an investment loss, but it's an illegal case or it's pending uh, due to some bankruptcy or some other fraudulent thing, you cannot claim that loss in that in that tax year. Um, because it has not been adjudicated and you don't know what the final judgment will be. I know some people like to say, well, I put in $500, I'll find out, so I'm going to deduct $500. Well, the problem with that is if you do that, you will, yes, you'll have your loss for the year, but if you get 250 back, you've got to go back and amend your taxes for that year to say, well, I only really got lost 250. And then, you know, if you got, if you, if it, if it changed your refund, how does all that work? Like, it's just not worth it. So, even though it's frustrating and these things can take years to resolve, I'm in a couple of those cases myself. Um, in fact, if you go back and listen to one of the episodes, uh, Zero Degrees Celsius, you can hear a little bit more about that. Um, you have to just wait. You have to stay the course and wait until it gets um, adjudicated by the legal system. That way you can claim it and not have an issue. So those are just things you want to consider uh, to reduce your tax burden. Uh, Lisa, I'll throw it back to you, see if you have anything else you want to add before we get out of here. Um, just real quick, um, you know, because charitable contributions really can be a boon um, to reducing your tax liability, uh, a thing to consider if you uh, research into it and, and it seems like it's a good fit is a donor advised fund. And what that does is basically you set up uh, the equivalent of like an, uh, an individual, you can title it individually, you can title it jointly or as a, a family type thing, but it's almost like you make your own trust. So you may have heard of like the Rockefeller Foundation or different famous name um, foundations that are known charitable entities. How this would work on a smaller scale is that you would create this donor advised fund. And then if you haven't come to a decision, for example, of what you want to actually contribute to, you can set aside the money in a tax year, and then you cannot get that money back. I mean, it goes one way into this fund, uh, but even though you haven't already decided where it's going to go, because the money is going out in that tax year, you are allowed to deduct that from as a charitable contribution, even though you haven't yet designated and sent it out because that money is no longer yours. Now it's in that uh, donor advised fund. And then at your leisure, now there are rules. You can't just let the money just sit in there. You do have to pick somebody or somebody's different 501c3s to give the money to in a timely fashion. But if you're in a crunch and you have the opportunity to say, hey, this year I can give, you know, thousands of dollars to charity, but I don't know which one. I really want to think about it. I want to ponder where my money, you know, I feel like is best deployed. Then you can actually put that contribution aside. It's a taxable deduction. And then over time, you can decide where that money goes. So that's something to think about if you're 
situated uh, where that's an option for you? I think that's really, really good. I think that, you know, that's something that I really hadn't certainly considered. Now I have to look at, at, at myself. So again, Alicia, thank you for dropping that knowledge. Again, this is all information that you should go and look at. And again, talk to your accountant, um, you know, make sure that you're eligible to do these things, make sure that it makes sense, you know, regarding your income and, you know, you know, get creative, look at how you can, you know, maximize a lot of things people aren't taking advantage of. So definitely, you know, take advantage of, of, of this information, whether or not you know it already, there's probably something you could even tweak, even if you're doing some of the stuff, make sure that you are taking advantage of it, you know, each and every year, because every year is a new year for taxes. So make sure that, you know, you're, you're donating things, don't let it, like, there's no reason to have a closet full of clothes, like, get it out, get it out of your house, you know, go through those shoes, go through those clothes, at least do that once a year. I think most people have stuff they can give away. Um, and, and definitely, um, we talked about investing. That's the important of investing. Some people always look at investing as I want to make money, but there's a lot that you can actually, um, gain, um, from, from just investing in general, you, if you can carry losses over, like I said, from, um, you know, year to year, even, even if you're not making money and then obviously maximizing that profit, uh, as we talked about with the short and long-term capital gains, making sure you hold your investments longer than a year before selling. So, yeah, I mean, again, that's, that's a lot of what we, uh, want to cover, cover it on this show. Uh, Lisa, do you have anything else before we uh, let the listeners go? Now, I'm just going to say it again. You know, we're working for our money, but at some point we want that money to be working for us. Amen to that. So thank you guys for listening. I'm Frank for Alicia. We'll see you guys very soon on another episode of Relative Currency. Thank you for listening to Relative Currency. Please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and other major podcast platforms.